0: BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast on the Times. I'm Matt Chorley. This week, I've left the Westminster bubble in search of a creature more mythical and harder to find than the Loch Ness monster, the Lib Dem Fightback. Does it really exist? And has anyone actually seen it? I'm in Yeovil in Somerset, former Lib Dem stronghold where Paddy Ashton, the former leader, was MP for many years and still lives in a village just outside the town. David Laws was then the MP and went on to become a cabinet minister in the coalition government. But he saw his Lib Dem majority of 13,000 demolished by the Conservatives in 2015 when Marcus Fish took the seat. A lot's happened in the last two years, of course, not least Brexit. And one of the big problems the Lib Dems face in trying to come back in their strongholds in Somerset, Devon, and Cornwall is that those areas voted overwhelmingly in favour of Brexit, while Tim Farron nationally is pitching his party as the voice of Remain. Now, things are more complicated than they at first seem. Well, on the face of it, Tim Farron is pitching to 48% of the country. Polls now show that the 48% just don't exist. In fact, only about 22% of people voted for Remain and still think that the outcome of the referendum should be overturned. So it looks like Tim Farren on 11 or 12% in the polls is managed to pick up about half of those people. Is that enough though to get over the line in places like this? It's also been made more complicated here in Yeovil itself because the Lib Dem candidate Daisy Benson pulled out just after the election was called because she was moving house and was too busy to stand for parliament. Later I'll talk to the leading candidates in the seat plus uh, Professor Charles Lees from the University of Bath on how he sees things playing out in the region and Times columnist Hugo Rifkin who's touring Lib Dem heartlands in search for evidence of the fight back. But first Let's speak to the people who really matter in all of this, the voters, as we head down the high street here in Yeovil, to find out what they think about the general election and how they are planning to vote this time round. Lib Dem. Yeah.
2: I think for the same
0: reason as Steve. Yeah. Because they're the only ones that I really hear about or...
1: Yeah,
3: that sure.
0: kind of tell us what... So maybe the same again or maybe not, I don't know.
3: Did you vote in the
1: referendum?
0: Yeah, to stay in. Right,
1: yeah. Well, I do like Theresa May to be fair when she first started and she trumped in there didn't she yeah. like we're doing this we're doing that do you know what I mean back to the Margaret Thatcher sort of even she was a you know a great personality that people could look up to or hate you are gonna you're not gonna vote no, no. do you ever vote no oh, I, vote I voted out.
4: I think once in my life never even bothered
1: doing that so I'm joined now by Hugo Rifkin we're walking past uh, the church in the centre of uh you this whole Lib Dem fight back thing is a lot more complicated than people might have thought the people have who voted for Brexit say they're now voting Lib Dem, people who've always voted Lib Dem now saying that they might vote Tory. What's your sort of sense now, you're, you're sort of partway through your, your tour of Lib Dem heartlands, is the, is the Lib Dem fight back really a thing? It sort of is, but it's not what I thought it was.
3: Um, I'm learning a lot, coming to Yeovil's been really really eye-opening because I think like a lot of people I vaguely had this idea, I knew the Lib Dems were strong in the West Country and historically, but I think I vaguely had this idea that there was sort of something a bit kind of centrist and new laboury about them, and that's really what the Lib Dems were. That's not what the Lib Dems are. The Lib Dems are a sort of a rural party of the West country. They're completely dominated by here. People like Paddy Ashdown still have enormous influence. And they have this, and they sort of have a reach into the kind of the urban centres, the sort of bits of North London and South West London that kind of remain and kind of liberal and centralish. But that's not really who the party are, and it's not really what they care about.
1: It is, it is interesting. I mean, particularly in, in you know it's interesting the sort of influence that Paddy Ashdown still seems to have. He comes up in almost every conversation, whether it's voters or candidates or, or whatever. He's, and it, it, that does all hark back to that, you know, it's quite a long time ago he was party leader now. It's quite unusual for somebody in a party to still be apparently sort of pulling strings and carrying that sort of weight i mean it's, it's more than unusual it's almost sinister it's like going <laughs> it's like going
3: to a little village in sicily and hearing about don corleone you know it's um, i mean he seems um he's sort of ever present looming everywhere
1: it was interesting the guy um who didn't want to be recorded didn't want to give his name but basically said in the in the norton some hampton the village where you know, we don't you know, we don't talk about we don't talk yes, about politics
3: he's, here he said, you know, he, 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 said he, he comes. He goes into the, the village I mean it was the village shop that was particularly weird I was sort of treated like, I don't know, like a, like a sort of murderer I think you'd have if you go to Paddy Ashland's village I think you'd have more like asking people about their favourite sexual position than you would about which way they were going to vote
1: yeah it was interesting, I managed to find one uh, woman in the village who was voting Conservative but she was very reluctant to admit it just in case, you know, the the, the microphones that Paddy's had installed in the lampposts were going to yes. pick it
3: up. <laughs> Well no, somebody said you'll you'll see the odd blue poster peeking out, but this is
1: yellow country. This is yellow country. Yeah. But there is also this sense that maybe the Lib Dem fight back is much more complicated than just them coming back in places that you know that might have some buyer's remorse about voting Tory in 2015. Brexit is clearly complicating matters. It's complicating matters, but not I mean
3: the, they're very reluctant to talk about Brexit in places like this because yeah. they don't want to be the Remain party. I think there's a sense of frustration in some other places where the Lib Dems could be strong that they're so reluctant to be the Remain party. Yeah. You come here, you really, really see why. You do meet the people who have voted Lib Dem in the past, who are still going to vote Lib Dem, who voted Leave. There are, I think it's 7,000 UKIP voters up for grabs because UKIP aren't fielding a candidate in support of Marcus Fish, the Conservative, basically. Um, yet it's by no means a given that all those UKIP voters are going to go to the Conservatives. The, the, the rural Lib Dems have that slight kind of wicker man edge, which you can, you can see taking some taking some some UKIP support in places like this. So, I mean, while Brexit does feed into it, it doesn't feed into it simply. You know, I think, I think in parts, parts of the country like this, Brexit was that kind of anti-establishment vote, which the Lib, Dem, Lib Dems tap into being that anti-establishment vote, despite being voted for, for by some incredibly establishment people.
1: It's interesting the way that, I mean, for years and years and years, uh, the South West would vote UKIP in European elections and then Lib Dem in sort of Westminster elections. I remember talking to Ian Duncan-Smith about this. He was saying that when he was Tory leader, he was trying to get a handle on the issue with Lib Dems and how could the Conservatives then take on the Lib Dems. And he just said it was almost impossible to sort of get a grip on them because when you pull their views the sort of the political spectrum sort of went all the way round from the lib dems all the way round to the left and sort of met the met ukip coming back yes uh, in I mean, the opposite direction
3: it's almost i mean it's almost more of an identity than it's than it's politics yeah. at all you know people define themselves as they they're not they're not conservative conservative is what well, it's business it's kind of it's london it's and it's government it's amazing it's, it's yeah. amazing
1: to have the lib dems openly campaigning on a on a on a pitch which says we're not going to be in government we're not going to do any of the things Yes, but we're not going to enter a coalition. We're not going to actually implement any of the things that we put in our manifesto. But you can just feel nice about yourself for, for voting. Yeah, well, for I mean, us.
3: speaking to, to Joe Randall Green now, the, the, the candidate, who's you know, but very, very smart, very locally connected, sort of impressive woman. But she was talking about how um the idea is that the Lib Dems are going to be, they're going to be the party of opposition. And it's like, well, hang on, there's going to be like a best 12 of you. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to be, Labour's going to be the party of opposition. Even if they do terribly badly, they're still going to be the biggest party. Then the Lib Dem, then the, the SNP is going to be the next biggest party. So the idea of being the party of opposition with, with what, like a, a, a tiny proportion, like, like far less than a 10th, what a, a 17th of the House of Commons, is, is sort of peculiar.
1: And so what's your sense now? Is, is the Lib Dem fight back? really happening in this sort of heartland areas where they hoped it would
3: in some places yes i think there's a it's not a given but i think there's a strong chance bath could go back to the lib dems because bath has that thing where it it combines all the sorts of lib dems we've been talking about with that slight kind of urban remainer metropolitan edge bath has got both those bits here, I just don't have a clue. Um, <laughs> I can, um, I mean, on, on paper they should be struggling because there's that massive UKIP vote, and the Tories had a safe majority here last last time, 3,000 3, vo- 3, votes. Um, but the rhetoric you get coming from Lib Dems, uh, they certainly seem confident here. Um, I think it's not impossible it would happen here, but I just I just don't know.
1: And it the sense I get from a lot of speaking to people in the street and voters. They don't really know either. It's all a bit uncertain. Yeah.
3: yeah, everyone seems very. People seem very well informed and very uncertain here. It's yeah. really striking. Everyone's given it a lot of thought, and they don't have a clue.
1: So the tour of the uh, constituency continues. I now stood on the side of the A three five six road, uh, heading in towards. Um Yeovil. Uh, there's a sign being put up uh, in a field next to the road. A big sign says Marcus Fish in massive blue letters. The Yeovil constituency standing with Theresa May uh, with the Conservative logo much smaller in the bottom right-hand corner. A big picture of Marcus Fish with a sort of grab and grin photo of Theresa May. Uh, that, uh, the sort of picture that popular leaders at least do with their candidates. But it's striking that he's he's quite clearly in all of his literature, posters, leaflets, that sort of thing, pitching himself as the Theresa May candidate as much as a Conservative candidate. And it's quite obvious the conservatives are, are contrasting Marcus Fish with the Lib Dems locally, but also Theresa May with uh, Tim Farron nationally. And all the polls show that she's uh, much more uh, popular than him. Hi. So, Marcus Fish, we're in Merriott. Um, uh, you've been knocking on doors. What's it like being out and about? Because obviously, it wasn't that long ago you became a. MP when lots of people said that you wouldn't and you're back doing it again after only two years.
4: Yeah, well it's actually great to be able to be in the constituency for a consistent period of time. Uh, You have to spend so much time in London as an MP uh, that it is a great pleasure to be able to be home again.
1: And one of the really striking things is that in all the conversations, almost all the conversations I've had, people end up talking about Paddy Ashdown He's been the sort of King of Yeovil, he was the MP here for a long time You know, he handed it over to David Laws, but still lives in the patch and still behaves like he's the king sometimes. Do you feel like you're sort of eroding that fortress of the Lib Dems?
4: Well, I think at the end of the day, we are the future here in the Conservative Party. And I'm, I guess, it's embodiment locally. Uh, Theresa May's, it's embodiment nationally. And people have a choice as to whether they want to go forward or go back to the past. And when
1: uh, when I've been chatting to people, people sort of say they've seen things on Facebook about you, and uh, not all of it complimentary. What do you sort of put that down to?
4: Well, I think you know, there, there's clearly uh, the opposition tries to to make the running with with different things they they want they want to spread uh, false stuff, and it seems in the modern world that, that that Facebook is one of the places that they try and do that. How does that change
1: the way that you sort of try and campaign and that sort of thing? We've read a lot about the adverts which political parties put on Facebook and that sort of thing. Does that have more influence than the sort of thing you've been doing this afternoon, sticking leaflets through doors and that sort of stuff?
4: No, it is really important to get out there and talk talk to people and uh, everybody wants to read what it is that, that's in your plan for the area. We've actually got a great, great story to uh, tell in terms of the things that we've achieved and the, the things that we want to achieve in the future. And at, at the end of the day, you just have to focus on what you're doing rather than worrying too much about what the opposition does.
1: And the Lib Dems at the start of the campaign put you over sort of at the top of the list of places they wanted to come back. How significant is it for you to be able to stop that?
4: It's a very important thing, I think, for the people of this area to be able to have their interests at the very heart of government. And you only get that through having a an MP who's a part of that government team. Um, and quite frankly, a vote for the opposition here is is, is pointless.
1: I also caught up with the Lib Dem candidate Joe Randall-Green, who's only been in post for a few weeks after stepping into the breach, to find out what she thinks are the big issues that are playing out locally and her chances of taking the seat back. Um, Marcus Fish seems to think that uh, Liberal Democrats have been putting it about town, that he's not replying to emails and he doesn't uh, meet constituents and he thinks this is a slander put about by the Lib Dems. What, What do you say to that?
5: I think that's a bit rich um i think you just need to see some of the letters in the western gazette but um marcus knows what he's done i'm not going to make any comment about his his abilities on answering letters but he knows how many letters he's answered
1: of course you didn't expect to be the candidate here there was another candidate here and when the election was called Dave Benson was in the middle of moving house and uh, wasn't able to stand so how it must have been just for you personally quite a, a roller coaster from election call to being selected to now fighting an election
5: Yes, but I'm very game for anything and I'm up and running, I can tell you. I'm absolutely out there for the fight and I'm loving it.
1: What are the issues that come up a lot on the doorstep?
5: People are very concerned about their jobs. Their schools are very high on the agenda and the NHS. And these are the things that um, they affect everybody. You know, you have to have a, a home and a job, schools for your children and your health. And if you haven't got those things, well, then, you know, what's life about? So th- those are the things that we are focusing on to help people. And I've picked up an awful lot of casework already just in the last few days. got a lot of casework, so I've got a team helping me to deal with that.
1: And just, uh, just finally, you're, you're, you've got politics in your blood, of course. Your grandfather uh, was Clement Attlee.
5: Yes, that's right. My grandfather, Clement Attlee, and am uh, very proud of him. I'm proud to be his granddaughter. Uh, and I hope that um, he would be looking down and, and saying, Go, Joe, well done.
1: So we've left Yeovil town centre and headed out to a village called North and Subhamden, just southwest of the town. Uh, this is a very Lib Dem area. Uh, even the houses are yellow, sort of lovely yellow sandstone, thatched cottages, roses around the door. Uh, a picturesque village. Uh, it's where Paddy Ashdown lives, former Lib Dem leader and MP for Yo for many years. And interestingly, just been chatting to somebody who didn't want to be recorded. He said uh, we wouldn't find people talking about politics in the village because uh, people are loyal um, to Paddy. They like to see him in the pub, the Lord Nelson, on a Friday night where uh, he'll discuss anything but politics. And he harked back to something that happened many years ago when Paddy Ashdown was in the news for all the wrong reasons when uh, details of a, an affair were revealed, the village was swamped with journalists and none of the locals spoke to them. Uh, and he said we'd find a similar thing now. And to some extent it's been true. Hanging around outside the, the post office this morning, people were coming in going, uh, telling us they were uh, a bit too busy. They wanted to get their bread and their milk and not talk politics. Lots of people here said privately that they would uh, be voting Lib Dem, but... They also back Brexit, which comes back to this conundrum again and again. Uh, the Lib Dems standing on an anti-Brexit platform, but trying to win back seats in places like this. Are you excited by the election? I'm not excited about. Can it, I ask <laughs> how you going to vote? Do you know how you're going to vote? Probably, probably liberal. But and is that what you normally do, or has yeah, that changed? Yeah, no. I mean, this is you know, this couldn't be get more Lib Dems. This well, <laughs> It's, it's a bit of a Lib Dem. Yeah. Um, and what? So why? Can I ask how you voted in the EU referendum? Brexit. So, so, so you're one of these. Well, 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 you're, yes, yes. <laughs> now, why is that? Because obviously, the, obviously, in other parts of the country, the Lib Dems are pushing quite hard their anti- Brexit yeah. position. But does that not bother you, Daniel? So, what would make you vote for them here? I don't want to vote for Tory, so. Yeah. And it's, that's the. Yeah. There's no other choice in this choice. area. And what about so Theresa May's not her new brand of Conservatives no, not want you that? No. no, she's okay. She's, uh, but I've, I have have not seen enough of her yet to, to make, make out what she's about. So. And what about Tim Farron? I'm, mm, he's, he's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that impressed with him really, but uh, but I'll still vote for him. So. And what do you think will happen overall in Yeovil seat? Do you think the Tories will keep it, or do you think the Lib Dems will come back? I don't think probably, but go back, stay with the Tories. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it'll change at all. So. I I'll, I'll let you get in the shop. Planning for your next trip.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Do you know how you're going to vote?
5: I do know how I'm going to vote, but it's private, isn't it?
1: And what do you make of Tim oh
5: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like to say really.
1: <laughs> that sounds like it's not good. Not my most favourite, no. And what about um, Jeremy Corbyn? I mean, it, it,
5: he seems to be a nice person, but I don't think he, I don't think he would be good for the country.
1: From that, can I surmise that you might be voting Conservative?
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: And is that something you've always done? Or you... No,
5: I have change now and again.
2: One of the great undecideds I'm afraid.
1: And, uh, can I ask how you normally vote?
2: Uh, I fluctuate between Tory and Liberal. It's
1: sort of uh, the, uh, the only choice down here, isn't it? Yeah it is really. If you, did you vote to, to, Tory last time because he was a big shot last time right?
2: Yeah, I, I, I considered it tactical voting last time yeah yeah yeah. Because it,
1: why was that? Was that the Sturgeon factor? Yes
2: yeah. very much so yeah <laughs> very much so yes. Yeah. I'm a Brexiter, so I would vote for somebody that comes out strongly for Brexit. So you're looking at Tory. You can't vote Lib Dem if you want Brexit.
1: But then it's part of you thinking, well, this is a, you know, traditionally Lib Dem area, you voted Lib Dem in the past. Yeah. I mean, this seems to be the problem the Lib Dems have, that yeah, I, you know, I think, in these areas where they've been strong in the past, but Brexit's a problem.
2: I, I think Tim Farron, his leadership uh, and his uh, principles, he's shot himself in the foot. I, I don't think he's got a chance to be perfectly frank. I...
1: And what about Paddy? He's obviously still he's still the king of Yeovil.
2: Oh absolutely yeah I'm I was very much pro Paddy when when he was the man but um, he pokes his nose in where it's not wanted nowadays.
1: <laughs> so I'm joined now by Professor Charles Lees from the University of Bath just to sort of take a look at not just what's happening in Yeovil across the West Country. Traditionally Lib Dem strongholds, but A Martian landing on Earth and looking at the results from 2015 would be forgiven for not knowing that. It wasn't just that the Tories took some seats, they took them with some big swings as well. It's got a big task for that to be reversed, isn't it?
6: I would have thought so. If you look at the uh, Lib Dem seats that went, they were some of these seats were real sort of jewels in the crown, like Yeovil, that had been a Lib Dem stronghold since '83, um, and you know up till up till a couple of years out from the tw- last general election looked like it was going to remain like that. Um, and if you look at the seats they, they retain across across the country and forgetting the West Country just for a second, they're all basically uh, Conservative, Liberal, Marginals now. And with the Conservative Party up 8%, at least, uh, on 2015, they're going to have problems actually holding on to seats rather than taking seats.
1: And, and particularly when you throw into the mix UKIP, yeah. if if the UKIP vote, you know, seven or 8,000 in a seat like this, goes to the Conservatives at least half of it looks like it's going yeah. to in most of the polls that's that makes the hill even steeper for the Lib Dems.
6: Yeah that's right and um, yeah and yeah, it looks like yeah, the Tories are getting, getting a clear run from UKIP so um, I would expect that this you know, Jovo would definitely remain a Conservative seat um, and you know like I said I could even see on the other side of the country somewhere like um, North Norfolk Norman Lamb uh, losing his seat as well.
1: It's, in, it's been interesting. Post Brexit there was a lot of debate about uh the Labour Party and their struggle to square to you know, how do you, how does how does the Labour Party square Jeremy Corbyn's seat in Islington with Ed Miliband's in Doncaster, you know, Brexit remain and you know, arguably they fudged it for a bit and eventually came down the side of accepting the outcome of the referendum. Actually the split in the Lib Dems is just as pronounced in the South West where the tradition is very strong, it's a very strong leave area. So trying to run the yeah. We want to overturn the referendum message, which they're doing in and around London, just doesn't work here.
6: That's right. I mean, it's an interesting strategic choice that the Liberal Democrats make. If you look at the way that their supporters split on Remain Leave, it was 68 32, as far as I remember, in favour of Remain, which is only a tiny bit more than the Labour Party, which was about 65 35 in favour of Remain. Now, whereas the Labour Party has accepted, quote unquote, the referendum and, in a sense, almost sort of Almost sort of had the go- government's back in the process of uh, enabling Article 50. Uh, the Liberal Democrats have gone in exactly the opposite direction and doubled down on the what they thought would be the 48%. But of course, inevitably, a year in from the uh, yeah, a year after the Brexit vote, and with a kind of constant um, hectoring from the press, uh, that people need to, in a sense, sort of fall in line and accept the result. That 48% has basically reduced to about a 25%.
1: So as I come to leave Yeovil, I'm not sure we've caught perfect sight of the Lib Dem fight back. It's all a bit more complicated than that. You can see how in areas like Bath and Cheltenham, big pro-Romaine areas, you can see that the path back is easier for the Lib Dems there. In places like Yeovil, though, people seem quite conflicted. There are people who voted for Brexit who now say they'll vote Lib Dem. There are people who voted Conservative last time who were willing to give Theresa May another chance. There's no UKIP candidate standing so where do those votes go? And in an increasingly presidential campaign with so much focus on Theresa May that inevitably turns the spotlight on Tim Farron. The feeling is that many people will vote Lib Dem despite him rather than because of him. I'll be interested to see how it plays out over the next two or three weeks but if the Lib Dems don't gain significant strongholds back in Somerset, Cornwall and Devon I think there'll be real questions asked about whether there is a place for them as a party of the small c conservative south west or does their future lie in the more metropolitan pro remain areas where they probably stand their best chance this time around. My thanks to all of the guests on the podcast this week as ever you can sign up to my morning email briefing at thetimes.co.uk forward slash red box and do subscribe to the podcast on itunes or on your android device. But for now, for me, Matt Shawley in Yeovil, in Somerset, it's goodbye.
2: Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. This
0: episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk.
2: only from rustolium